When I have a choice of words, I always go for the simpler word. It's if possible, because there are nuances that don't always make it possible. But it's it's uh, the simplicity of uh, expression is what really touches the heart. That book didn't touch the heart. It touched the mind. And so I thought, well, let me write that book again. It, it, uh, Master told me to write, and uh, this is an example, and, and edit. This is an example of something I can do. So that's what I'm working on right now. And I think you'll find it quite exciting. Yeah. Really, it, it is. I'm on chapter three, <laughs> but it's not a long book. It's only 110 pages. It may end up being a little longer. I don't know. I'm throwing in a few stories that Master I heard Master tell, um, like that beautiful one. I just finished writing it this morning of a man and his boy. The man went out to sell a donkey at the market. And <clears throat> he took his boy with him. And because he wanted the donkey to be in good shape when he, when he was selling it, he walked beside the donkey with the boy. And they passed a few people coming the other way. And the, he heard one of the people saying, look at that crazy thing. They've got a perfectly good donkey to ride and they're walking. What stupid people. And he thought, well, it does seem a bit eccentric. And uh, OK, so he got on the, on the, on the uh, donkey and they were riding along. And somebody else, some other group came by and they saw him and they said, Look at that healthy, strong man and his poor little child has to walk. What cruelty! What arrogance! And he thought, well, gee, I don't want people to think I'm arrogant. So he got off the, off the donkey and put his boy on it. And they passed another group. And the group, seeing them, said, oh, for heaven's sake, here this healthy man walking and he's got his little boy riding. What, I mean, this poor old man, uh, not this healthy man, this healthy young boy. <laughs> What's this poor old man walking when he's got his boy there? He must have no discipline in his home. And the boy thought, well, and then the man thought, I, I don't want people to think that I don't run a decent home. So they both got on the donkey. And you can imagine what came next. Another group came by, oh, what cruelty to animals. Two people on a donkey. And he got so fed up, they were on a bridge, he just got off and pushed the donkey into the river <laughs> and walked home. I remember Master laughing over that story. But you know, the moral of it is obvious. Don't wait for other people's opinions. Do what you've got to do. I had so many people telling me it wouldn't work. It didn't matter what they had in mind. It didn't matter whether it even worked or not. But this is what I knew I had to do, and I felt that I must do it. And I did have my little problems. I remember um, I thought, because the, the, mind you, I didn't know anything at all. I'd been living in a monastery all my life, so I didn't know anything about this so-called practical world. And uh, the foreman on the job told me that uh, it would take a couple of weeks. Well, after a couple of weeks, we hadn't even finished the foundation. I had a lot of schoolboys there working at a dollar an hour. Cruel, boy, cruel. <laughs> Actually, they were happy to get a dollar an hour. This was back in 1967, 67, yeah. And uh, so the, the, uh, after a couple of months, I was in the city earning money by giving classes. 
all over every night a different city, a different class. And uh, with that, we were building it. We had a number of carpenters as well as these boys. But after wages came to about a thousand a week, and after two months, I'd run out of money. And I said to the foreman, well, if you can hang in there, I'm, I'm earning money and we'll be able to pay it. He walked off the job immediately. Didn't even stop for lunch. <laughs> and the boys had to go back to school and all but two carpenters stayed with me. And I was a little desperate. I went to my father and asked him what, what I could do and he, if he would lend me some money. He had plenty of money. But he wouldn't give me a dime. I said, well, he said, what do you, how much do you need? I said, well, if you could lend me 8,000, I'll be able to pay it back. 8,000, that's a lot of money. Never heard from him again. And uh, in fact, he never gave a dime to Ananda. So that's why when I built Crystal Hermitage with the uh, heredity that I got from him, um, what's the word? Inheritance. Inheritance that I got from him. Um, I thought, well, if I give it to Ananda as I'd want to, he would turn over in his grave or weep tears in heaven or whatever. And if I keep it for myself, I would be unhappy. So I'll do something for Ananda that I can also enjoy myself. So I built Crystal Hermitage, which was perfect. But the thing is that uh, I, <clears throat> I arranged with all our different creditors in town to pay them less, but every month until I paid them off. And so we were able to sort of limp along. And uh, then the Hills Flat Lumber Company here placed a lien on the property. Well, I didn't even know what a lien meant. I had to look it up in a dictionary. But it turns out that it was not a good thing. <laughs> <coughs> two weeks later, I got a letter from their lawyer saying that if I didn't pay up within two weeks, I, they'd just take my property. Well, I called the man and he said, well, you know, Don, you gotta be practical means greedy. And uh, <laughs> so then I, I uh, went to the lawyer and I, I, he said, well, have you got it in writing? I said, no, we have a gentleman's agreement. I don't know any agreement. I want, I want to see it in writing. All this greed, you just aren't prepared for it if you've been living in a monastery all your life. And I didn't know what to do. Uh, I knew I'd pay it off, but I couldn't do it immediately. So at that time, Seva loaned me and finally gave me 2000 That helped. But it wasn't the 8000 I needed. It wasn't the ongoing expenses I needed. And with this lien here uh, and the threat of foreclosure, I didn't know what to do. I was giving a, a slideshow of India in somebody's home in Palo Alto. And I talked about India and so on. And Later, a young man, Tom Hopkins, came up to me and uh, said to me, you know, I like what you're doing. Do you, would you accept donations? I said, well, yeah, of course. Um, I figured he'd probably give me five or ten dollars. So we were outside and he leaned over the hood of my car and wrote a check out. When I saw the check, three thousand dollars. It was just what I needed. So I phoned the man at the lumber company and I said, I have the money now to pay you off, but I'm not going to pay you. I'll let you incur all the legal expenses you can, and at the last moment I'll come in and pay it all off. I was learning.